What a sweet spirit that is in this place on today. I'm overtaken by the spirit and by the welcoming of my dear friend, Pastor Sarah. What an honor. I wanted to give thanks unto the bishop of this house. You may be seated, yes. <laughs> you may be seated and enjoy this beautiful occasion that we are here for on today. I give you greetings from Jackson, Michigan, my home from Mount Zion, um, Mount Zion City of Deliverance from my pastors, Terrence and Chantel Hawkins. We are so delighted that we are able to take, partake in this beautiful occasion. To my godmother who traveled from Michigan, I thank you so much for always being a support. To the clergymen, the deans, those that are of office, and to the saints here today, I want to truly thank you for allowing your hearts to be open to receive my dear friend. To give a little bit of insight on who you have, the jewel that you have in this place. Pastor Saren and I, we met for the first time as she was coming in. And you know when people come in and they're the new ones, there is something to be said. And so for myself, Nikoya Weatherspoon, I housed uh, about 60 to about 85 youth in the city um, at St. Paul's Epis Episcopal Church back at our hometown. And we had just found this home at St. Paul's. We had just found this home and there was a new pastor to come in and to change things all up. <laughs> and I was worried. I did not want to go house hunting again. I, I, I didn't want to do it. But I can tell you, at the very moment of me meeting Pastor Sarah, I knew she was a friend. I mean, I know we talk about love at first sight, but I knew she was a friend at first sight. Her spirit and mine were kindred. And I knew that she was sent from God. I knew that she was going to continue out the mission of St. Paul's, and not only just the mission of St. Paul's, but the mission of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you are blessed. I was so disappointed that I was not able to be a part of her send-off. But look at God. I am here today to honor her, to congratulate her as she goes on this mission. So bear with me as I begin to discuss and have fun and enjoy the Word of God. Coming from the Scripture, when I thought about the Scripture, I thought of the closeness that Jesus was sharing with His disciples, the closeness, the unity that He was trying to help them paint a picture on what they were about to intake and be a part of. So the scripture chosen for today was simply beautiful and how Jesus was having a conversation with God, the Father, on how he desires for the, his disciples to become one with him. As I continue to meditate on this scripture, oh, how I wanted to rejoice in the joy of knowing how he loves us. 
not just the disciples at that very moment, but he knew that there were going to be those brothers and sisters and those that were going to be coming thereafter. He knew that this was big. And I don't think the disciples at that moment understood. Have you ever had someone pray for you and you look and said, I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't think I needed prayer. <laughs> I didn't think I needed, I, I mean, Jesus, we, we've just, you've just fed the 5,000. You've done so much already. We, we know who we're with, but he said, no, I have to go. And I don't think that they understood the magnitude of this prayer. So in John 17, 20 through 23, it says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their words. 21, that they will all may be one, as thou, as thou Father art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, Pastor Sarah, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect, perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, the one who is and still is alive. Father God, I thank you on today. I thank you for this opportunity to be a witness amongst the saints of this house, of this temple, of this tabernacle, Father God. Thank you for blessing Pastor Sarah. Thank you for charging her for this mission. And Father God, I ask that Lord Jesus, you will dissolve anything that is not like you within myself so that you may be seen and glorified. We thank you for the gathering of your people. Bless them, O oh God. Open up their hearts and their ears to receive a word from you on high. In the magnificent name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. So let us just take a glance in chapter in John. In the chapters before where we are on today, let us just think about what happened. So in John 1, Jesus begins to be noticed. John is speaking of a God, who, of, a, of a man who is coming that he has, he, he doesn't even want to touch him. He's, he's so magnificent that 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 he speaks of the word of God became flesh and dwelt with us. And then John the Baptist bore witness to Jesus and began to gather all the disciples. We go on to John 2, and Jesus begins to perform his first miracle at the wedding of Cana. In chapter 3, he speaks to Nicodemus and teaches him on being born again in spirit. And four, he speaks of the woman at the well and speaks of her thirsting and being able to thirst after a water that her well will never run dry. He goes on and does miracles. And then 
6, he begins to discuss about the Passover of Jesus and how he is the bread of life. I mean, can you imagine all of these things that he is doing and he's speaking of and the disciples are? It's something about his spirit that I just believe. In 7, he begins the Feast of the Tabernacles and begins to teach about him being the light of the world and the life-saving gift of God. And then there goes on and he begins to raise Lazarus from the dead and and all of these signs, miracles, and wonder, people are getting angry. There is talk in this town, there's talk in the city of the man that is doing things so unorthodox that we have to do something about this. And so as we go on to the second half, he's preparing for the death that has to come. And he's beginning to watch the disciples' feet and he's showing them love that they should share one to another. And this love was not like what they were used to. To be very clear, at this very point, there were a lot of rulers. There were a lot of people in leadership that was not quite on this Jesus side. So I have a question. Is it easy to become one? When I think about my title, I thought about the difficulties in becoming one. We all know if you've been married, the difficulties in becoming one. The difficulties becoming one in our community. The difficulties becoming one just in the word of God. The difficulties becoming one in the spirit, even within yourselves. I'd like to go into Galatians 3, verses 26 through 29, as we begin to ponder on this prayer that Jesus offered to his disciples. It says in 26, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And withstanding what Jesus is trying to get us to understand, becoming one looks impossible in today's time. When you think about becoming one in the area of your life, no matter the area, as I spoke before, the struggle is real. You'll see the struggle. You'll feel the struggle. You may have even been part of the struggle, but becoming one is it's not that easy. It has been a struggle. And Jesus is praying a prayer that sounds so good. Yes, I want to rejoice because we finally have sat in the same restaurants 
We have come a long way that we are sitting at the same tables, that we're swimming in the same swimming pools, that we're able to high-five and say hello to one another. Oh, yeah, we've come a long way. But there is still. There is yet still something within us that we hold dear to. And what is in us is something that you will have to find for yourself and be honest with who we are serving in order for this house to be made one, for the mission to continue to go on. You have to think day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, we have been here. We have been speaking the word of truth. How eager do we want to say, this is it. We have arrived. We get it. We understand what it will take. But becoming one is challenging. It's easy to riddle the words off our tongues. It's easy to do this because we've done it. But that means I have to pick up my cross and completely die to self and give up my agenda and give up my voice and give up my opinion and give up my selfish ways to give up my will for the Father's will. That's what the disciples did. And that is what Jesus needed the disciples to do in order for when they were to come that they would believe that God has sent them because they are one in spirit. Why? Because there is a depth that we must go deep and grasp the truth of the living spirit of God. There is something that he is requiring of you. He is requiring more of him and less of you and less of me. In John 17 and 20, we are now at the middle of his prayer. And when he says, neither pray for I, for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, there is a prayer for the future believers, which are us. We have been the future that he prayed for. The word of God, through their testimonies, they've heard about their words of truth, of healing. And we know the word to be true. And we may know it even in Revelations 12 and 11 that they have overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the words of their testimonies. Who's coming? Who's coming for this prayer that he's praying? Who is coming? You came. Your family members needs to come. Your friends needs to come. Your co-workers, your grandchildren, and even you may still need to come. Yes. 
The one who shows up sometimes fall down, but we can get up again. So in John 17 and 21, that they may be one as though the Father art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be the one in us, that the world may believe that they, that thou hast sent me. Jesus is speaking on unity. He is speaking on not just the unity as we all sit here on today, but the unity in spirit. What is being one like? He is asking us to come together, to agree, to be in harmony, to be of one mind. Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. He is also giving us the opportunity to become a part of the glorious family, the kingdom of God. John 17 and 22, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. The scripture that comes to mind for this in John 15, 1 through 13, it says, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every fruit that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that it will, eat, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in me, in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, to burn. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatsoever you wish. All saints, you can ask whatsoever you wish when we come together as one. Things that you may have not seen in this community can be done through you opening up your hearts and being as one. The time is now. So I want to talk about what else would we need to do? Because we are truly fully, fully loaded. Jesus loaded us up when he said, it's not just me, I must go. And when my father comes back, when I come back, we are going to be linked up with the father and there is nothing on earth that you couldn't ask of me. So let's talk about How do we go out into the world speaking the good news and teaching on the good news? The word of God says, what profited a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Would we lose our souls because of politics? Are you going to lose your soul for unforgiveness? Are you going to lose your soul to gain wealth or material things? 
and you have a God who owns the cattle of a thousand hills? Are you going to lose your soul because you cannot stand up to the person that you see every day in the mirror? God is asking for us. We are having a clean slate. What will you offer? Will you offer your sacrifice of praise unto him? He is saying that I want them and we will be together as one and that they will know that I sent them. How will we know? By me sitting here and looking at you and you looking at me. How will we know? In Galatians 5 and 22 it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. And if you're not seeing that, it says in John 4, 1 through 6, to test the Spirit by the Spirit. The way we are able to do this is being able to know what fruits one another is bearing and how we will be able to reconcile with one another and, and be able to grow and strive for salvation. Because what we're trying to get to is salvation. We want more souls to be won by the kingdom. We want more souls to be saved. We want more souls. It's not enough that I'm sitting here today. I thank God for my husband who knows the mission and he's back home with my children. And I look at my children and I, you're coming. I have to do this because you're coming. You're going to come and know who the Father, who the God that I serve is. So in closing, I really want to talk about a moment in time in my life. So I've been working in my community for a very long time. Um, Pastor Sarah was a part of that. And Pastor Sarah came and she opened the doors to our community like no church had opened them in the, in the downtown area where there were so many minorities and so many possibilities and there was a great need. And during this process, my husband ended up getting cancer and I ended up stepping away from work and it's been about two and a half years and so when I, I wasn't able to send her off but I'm here today because I had to look in the mirror before I step foot back in my community I really wanted to pivot in a way that I understood what the true mission was I didn't want to go back doing the same work I had been doing unless God told me to. So I had an opportunity. 
I was eager to get back, but I had an opportunity to go to a Facing Race conference. It's a national conference. And this conference was so powerful that I, I said, God, is this you? There was every nationality. There was, I had never been a part of something that was so amazing. And everyone was on one accord. We had the honor to sit and talk about difficult conversations together in love. And that changed my life. It changed my life to look beyond me but to be able to honor each and every one of God's people, to understand that we all have been called to a mission. We have all been called to just one responsibility, and that is to save souls. That in the invisible spirit world, there's, there's nothing that we see in today's, in the natural world. But in the spirit, in the spirit of truth, in the spirit of God, there is true love, true love that once we open and gather ourselves and, and put our, and, and, and as the word says, lay every weight that so easily beset us. I am so excited for you all. I'm so excited that I'm going to keep up with All Saints <laughs> because I know the work that is going to go forward just like Jesus and his disciples. He knew the work that was coming, the New Testament that was coming, that him going and laying his life down to send the comforter, there was big work coming. And he needed someone to cover and pray for his people. And today, I promise you, Pastor Sarah, she is equipped and she is ready to do God's work. I want to thank you for having me, Bishop. I want to thank you, Pastor Sarah. I don't know where she went. Oh, she's here. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> but I want to thank you for this amazing experience. There is a sweet spirit in this place and I just... I, I, I love God's people because he knows best. May you have a wonderful day. God bless you. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for allowing us to be together once again, honoring you and your mission, honoring you and your word. Father God, I pray that there has been someone that has been able to be touched by your word, oh God. Father God, I pray that there will be new hearts, new songs to be sung in one spirit. Father God, I pray that the heart has been softened and that the mind is ready to be made renewed. We love you and we thank you on today, oh God. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>